This week, creditors to Credito Real file involuntary Chapter 11. LATAM Airlines Chapter 11 plan confirmed. TPC Group RSA note holders urge dismissal of lien priority litigation. Mallinckrodt defends confirmation order against Aurelius-led appeal. Hello and welcome to the Reorg Podcast, where we bring you the latest developments in high yield, distressed debt, and bankruptcy. I'm Julian Moulin, and this is The Week in Review. It's Friday, June 24th. On Wednesday, creditors initiated an involuntary Chapter 11 case against Credito Real and the U.S. Bankruptcy Court for the Southern District of New York. The petitioning creditors, advised by Aiken Gump, initiated the involuntary Chapter 11 case intending to seek what they view as necessary protections under the Bankruptcy Code to prevent further damages to Credito Real's operations and business and to maximize the interests of all stakeholders in a court-supervised process, according to sources. Sources said that the involuntary filing is supported by an ad hoc group of unsecured creditors also advised by Aiken Gump, as well as Hulan Loki. According to sources, the petitioning creditors aim to stop the company from granting unencumbered assets to certain secured local bank creditors, and to ensure that the collateral pool is preserved and contained. The sources added that the petitioning creditors want Credito Real to continue as a going concern and are not pushing for a liquidation of the business. Credito Real said in a press release Wednesday that it believes the involuntary petition is improper and was filed as a litigation tactic in the U.S. by certain alleged minority creditors to gain leverage in negotiations with the company. Credito Real has said that it intends to oppose the involuntary petition and has asserted that under U.S. law, the company, its business, and use of its property continue as if the involuntary petition had not been filed. According to sources, Credito Real has been pressured by Mexican banks to provide additional collateral which would constitute preferential treatment in Chapter 11 that potential dip lenders are unlikely to tolerate. According to cleansing documents that the ad hoc group posted in a press release, the company's secured bank lenders were under-collateralized by about $50 million. On Thursday evening, the TLA Claim Holders Group filed a motion seeking a stay of Judge Garrity's order confirming the LATAM Airlines plan of reorganization pending the TLA Claim Holder Group's confirmation order appeal. Although the TLA Claim Holders Group has not yet filed a notice of appeal, the group says it intends to appeal the confirmation order insofar as it overrules the TLA claim holder group's confirmation objection. The Arnold and Porter ad hoc unsecured claiming group was the first group to appeal the confirmation order and decision. The TLA claim holders group argues that, absent a stay of the confirmation order, the debtors will begin to take certain steps to effectuate the plan. The TLA claim holder group says that the stay it seeks would prevent serious and irreversible harm in the form of the group's loss of its appellate rights if the reviewing court were to find the group's confirmation appeal equitably moot. By contrast, the requested stay would not prejudice the debtors because they would still have ample time under their documents to go effective, according to the group. In the event the court declines to enter a stay pending appeal, the TLA claim holders group seeks an affirmative injunction requiring the debtors to fund, as a precondition to the occurrence of the effective date, an escrow account containing cash in the amount of the outstanding PPI at the default rate accruing through the effective date, which funds would remain in escrow for the duration of the appeal. According to the TLA claim holders group, this alternative relief would protect the group's rights pending appeal and would insulate the appeal from dismissal under the doctrine of equitable muteness. A hearing on the motion is set for Friday, July 1st at 2 p.m. Eastern, with objections due June 28th. The co-lead plaintiff's counsel in the multi-district litigation relating to the 2019 explosion at TPC Group's Port Neches, Texas facility on Thursday filed an objection to the debtor's bar date motion. The MDL plaintiffs question the need for a bar date when no one contemplates that tort claims will ever be or even legally could be adjudicated in the court, referencing the tort claimant's constitutional right to a jury trial, and argue that no bar date should be imposed on tort claimants in the case. 
As an alternative to the MDL plaintiff's argument that the imposition of a bar date on them is unnecessary and lacks a legitimate purpose, the plaintiffs say that the proposed 52-day notice period is insufficient, and they request that any bar date for MDL claimants be imposed at least 120 days after the entry of any bar date order in the case. According to the first day papers, about 700 litigation claims relating to the Port Nesh's incident have been asserted against the debtors. In addition to completing a balance sheet restructuring in their Chapter 11 cases, the debtors say they expect to resolve all legacy tort liability and are involved in settlement discussions with a steering committee of law firms representing claimants asserting claims relating to the Port Nesh's explosion. The debtors' bar date motion seeks to establish an August 5th general claims bar date and a November 28th governmental bar date. The motion is scheduled for hearing on Wednesday, June 29th at 1 p.m. Eastern. Mallinckrodt, which emerged from Chapter 11 last week, is pushing back against the Aurelius-led ad hoc First Lien Notes Group's appeal of Judge John Dorsey's confirmation order, defending the treatment of First Lien Note holders under its now effective plan. In a brief late last week, Mallinckrodt asserts that a key November 2021 bench ruling from Judge Dorsey was correct. The debtors may reinstate the First Lien Notes claims without paying a $94 million make-hold premium under Section 1124.2 of the Bankruptcy Code, which governs reinstatement of unimpaired claims in Chapter 11 plans. The Bankruptcy Court properly concluded that the debtors may deaccelerate the first lien obligations, the brief says, allowing Mallinckrodt to roll back the clock to before the default that gave rise to the premium, the Chapter 11 filing. The ad hoc first lien notes group has urged the District Court to reverse confirmation as it relates to the treatment of the first lien notes and the first lien note holders' rights under the second lien intercreditor agreement. The appellants assert that in order to reinstate the first lien notes, the debtors were required to cure any defaults under this first lien notes indenture, including by paying the make hole triggered by Mallinckrodt's filing. The note holders contend that the plan's failure to do so means that the first lien notes cannot be deemed unimpaired, and that even if the debtors were not required to pay the make hole in full, the debtors must at least pay interest on the applicable premium for the time the Chapter 11 cases have been pending. The reorganized debtors have asked the Delaware District Court to reject the first lien group's attempt to quote-unquote exploit the bankruptcy to obtain a windfall via payment of the make hole or 19% of outstanding principal, on top of interest totaling at least $15 million. Second lien note holder Deerfield and BOKF, as second lien notes trustee, filed a separate brief rejecting the appellant's argument that if reorganized Mallinckrodt is excused from paying the make whole, the second lien note holders must pay the premium under the turnover provision of the second lien intercreditor agreement. Top red stories this week included, former SIVA employee McAvoy appeals to 11th Circuit after District Court denies motion to amend ruling on fiduciary breach claims against Apollo, SIVA. Revlon discloses membership of five pre-petition creditor committees. Aldrich Pump, Murray Boiler, asbestos claimants sue to unwind Texas divisional mergers as fraudulent transfers and allege violation of fiduciary duties by parent companies, management. SCOTUS denies Bayer's petition for review of Monsanto roundup verdict leaving tens of thousands of claims pending against company. And now here's Kathy from Los Angeles with the week ahead. Hello, this is Kathy Tom. This Friday, June 24th, here's the lineup for the week ahead. On Monday, June 27th, Ector County Energy Center will ask for approval of the sale of its power plant to winning bidder Rockland Capital for approximately $145 million with potential incentive consideration of up to $2.7 million. Just Energy will face off the Electric Reliability Council of Texas or ERCOT that same day in ERCOT's third attempt to dismiss Just Energy's suit to claw back Storm related payments. On Wednesday, June 29th, SunGuard Availability Services Disclosure Statement is up for approval. The debtor's plan provides for a toggle between a sale or equitization path in line with their RSA with term loan lenders. 
TPC Group's second-day hearing also is slated for Wednesday, June 29th. The debtors will request final approval of $323 million in debt financing, consisting of a $200 million replacement ABL facility and $85 million in new money term loans, plus a roll-up of pre-petition senior priority bridge notes and senior priority notes. On Thursday, June 30th, Salem Harbor Power Development will press for disclosure statement approval over objections filed by Judgment Creditor, Iberdrola Energy Projects, and the U.S. Trustee. The debtors announced today their election to pursue a standalone restructuring under their toggle plan of reorganization rather than a sale transaction. On Friday, July 1st, in Ladam Airlines, Judge James Garrity will hear the TLA claimholder group's request for a stay pending appeal of the plan confirmation order. The group warns that their to-be-filed appeal would become equitably moot without a stay. As for earnings, Bed Bath & Beyond will report earnings on Wednesday, June 29th. That's it from me, wishing everyone a great weekend from Los Angeles. Now back to you in New York. Thank you again for listening to this Reorg Weekly Review. You can find all of our podcasts on the reorg.com webinars and podcast page, as well as Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Amazon. Hope your families are healthy and safe. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next Friday.